Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Faithful to the Walk podcast. I am your host, Randy Leonard, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1. It is myself, Blake Dykes, and our new co-host, Tyler Stringer, sitting here at the round table, getting ready to talk about the armor of God today. If you haven't noticed already, I love this intro music, and it sounds stinking boss mode. So, we're so excited for you joining us today. If you're joining us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're at, don't forget to drop a review, and let's dive right in. Thanks for joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, I would say episode five, but I'm really going to say episode one of season two of Faithful to the Walk podcast. This is your host, Randy Leonard, and I am so very excited for what 2022 has in store for Faithful to the Walk. We have a very, very big surprise for you on this episode tonight, and we are introducing our new co-host, Brother Tyler Stringer. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Randy, and thank you, Blake. This is a great opportunity for for me, um, and I'm very thankful to be a part. I'm, we've been close friends now for a while, and I want to give honor to Nick, who is the former co-host here, who's no longer at Urshan College with us. He's doing great things on his own, and so he's got his own podcast that I would encourage you to listen to as you listen to this one, but I'm very excited to be a part of the, the uh, show. If you want to find that podcast, it is Nick Unplugged. Um, his first episode is out. Um, he'll have his second episode coming out Thursday. Great content. Uh, it's going to be, he's talking about Harvest on Thursday, so if you want to check that out, Nick Unplugged, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and just like for us, if you wouldn't mind dropping a review and dropping a a. Um, a review of the podcast, any content you want to hear, do that same deal for Nick. And I know how much he would appreciate that on some feedback and whatever else. But today we are on, and I'm just so very excited. Um, Blake, how's how's life been for you, bro? It's been good. Had a pretty great Christmas break. Just been with the family, uh, working with my dad. And now it's nice to be back with my friends. Uh, to get settled in start working hard for live recording uh it's coming up march 4th it's gonna be great yeah tyler what you got man this break was was nice uh you know good thing about college is you get you get (laughs) over here dropping stuff (laughs) you get almost a month break and so that was very refreshing i had to spend time with family and some friends back at my home church but uh i got to sit down and make my reading plan for the year and different things like that, so I'm very excited. Different books I want to read and things. I would nature. say, I would say, man, this has probably been one of the most rewarding breaks spiritually mm-hmm. because of I feel like I feel like most of us after we, after we've had some discussion and that past couple of days, I feel like we've seen a lot of growth personally and. Um, 
it's it was just an incredible break full of growth in my opinion and and a lot of defining and I feel like that's what I, I feel like that's what we're going to talk about today is is finding definition in what God has asked of us sure um Tyler, why don't you start us off with any thoughts on... Well, uh, I mentioned just a couple minutes ago about my reading plan that I started for this year. So uh, I have this goal, very simple goal that I want to start out with is read at least 12 books this year. So one one a month and listen to 12 books this year. So one a month. So one reading and one audio this this to start the year. And I'm, I've been reading Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis and something that he points out in his book, he says... That the law of nature is is just what nature does, but the law of man is what man should do, what we ought to do. And and Paul writes that I do the things that I don't want to do, but I I want to do the things that I don't do. Meaning that it's the sin that takes over me. That's what um, in my flesh. That's what I do. And so when we're talking about destined for things or, or destiny, my my goal for this year is to be. I want to. I want to pursue the mind of Christ, and I want to run after that. Yeah, I I think you know one thing to to run after Christ and and be effective is also being a good steward of your time. Uh, I was reading a book a while back it's called The Three Sixty Leader by John Maxwell. What a good book! And. Uh, I, th- I can't remember if it was Maxwell that, that made this quote or if he was referencing somebody, but there was a quote within that book that says, you do not value yourself until you value your time. And so uh, I think with, with that being said, uh, it's good practice to uh, just be, in, be intentional, uh, you know, reading the Word, Get up, start your day early. You know, David said, "Early and often will I seek you." Uh, just being intentional with with your time and and uh, and planning. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I'll say is is I. I love how we're talking about definition and defining and destiny today because there are two things that 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 in my opinion factor in into that defining and that would be passion and the building of one's character mm-hmm. and I have this book I was just the thought came to me while while Blake was talking and there was this story that I read in this book. It's called God. This book's called God Over Good. Um, I, I was just telling a, a an elder, an elder at, at a church. It's by Luke Norsworthy. But the way he opens up the book is he talks about. He gives an example of 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 ants, and you're thinking, you're probably thinking to yourself, why in the world would the dude open a book about ants? Well, the thing he talks about is, you know, he said. He opens up. He says, "Let's go ahead and make this make this a little awkward." And you know, you're you're driven deep into the woods, and there's two living creatures in the back seat of your car, and you're gonna set both of them free into the wild. Well, the deal is is that 
they let they release a, an ant and a human baby. <clears throat> Why? But but the difference between each each thing is that the ant has an exoskeleton, while the human has an endoskeleton. Well, the thing about the exoskeleton is, while it has a higher probability, the ant does of surviving the first year alone in the forest, you would want to choose the exoskeleton. But if you want to thrive for a century and you want to thrive for a longevity of time, you would choose something not for outward protection, but for sustainability. Mm -hmm. You would choose something that can grow. Because the thing about the exoskeleton, it's just a shell. And while our faith can become shell-like for a season, God intends for it to go beyond that. Like, like you, you, you mention this scripture all the time, Tyler, of we press forward of the upward call of God mm-hmm. in Christ Jesus. Because we are designed to let go of, of what our expectations are, of what we think God is, and for our faith to truly expound and our passion to be defined by letting go of all the expectations of what we think God in our minds is. Sure. I think something, and you're gonna, we're going to start a series soon about mental health and different mm-hmm. things like that, and so stay tuned for that. But one, one thing that's really fascinating about, about our walk with God and spiritual uh, life that, that we are called to live is with, an, with a, like an external covering, an external skeleton, exoskeleton, if that skeleton's ever broken, the inside can be damaged. But at the same time, with an inner skeleton, an in, internal skeleton, endoskeleton, when the flesh is pierced, eventually the internal skeleton can be can be damaged. Wow. But in Proverbs, we're told to hide the word in our heart, protect our heart. Mm-hmm. So it starts from the inside. But then in the New Testament, we are told to put on the 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 armor of God. Armor of God. Yes. So yeah. now we have a <clears throat> we have an external skeleton. And if it's hidden in our heart, we have an internal skeleton. So where if, if our flesh gets pierced or we may get hurt, our heart can be covered. <clears throat> but at the same time, if our feelings get hurt, we can stay the core. We can keep walking because our, our covering on the outside is still there. Yeah, I, I love that, uh, Tyler. Uh, thinking about the, the armor of God, um, uh, a while back, I had an opportunity to, to preach at my home church and, and a message. Uh, and that message, I began to talk about the armor of God. And I, as I was studying and preparing for that, I was reminded of this analogy. Uh, I also used it in the message. But if you, you think about an orange, like before you even peel it or anything, it is, it's got a covering on it that's protecting the contents inside. And in this illustration, what I did was I, I set the orange inside this glass pitcher, this glass jar, and just begin to talk about how, you know, we go through life, uh, might encounter storms, might encounter trial, we might have a, a family member pass away suddenly, uh, might find yourself in a rocky rough season of life and you just find yourself feeling like you're in the middle of a flood 
And what I did was I started to pour water over this orange and it began to float to the top. And I just asked the congregation, like, do you, you notice what's happening? Like, the orange was, is floating. It's not sinking. Half of it is still above the water. And so I, I removed the orange out of the pitcher. And then I began to talk about how uh, sometimes in life, if we choose to do life the way we want to, uh, do what makes us feel good, uh, making our flesh king over God will become like an orange that has no covering. It's like a peeled orange. And I took that orange and I dropped it in that pitcher of water and it sunk to the bottom. And then I just took the original orange that still had the peel on it and I set it back in the water. And I said, but you know what? If there is a covering... If the armor of God is present, you can keep your head above the water. And what think about what the scripture says in the book of Isaiah. It says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the rising of the west to the going down of the of the east. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. And add what Tyler said, I mean, if you're if you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with anxiety. How about you try the armor of God? Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah. Why, uh, this, this topic is really interesting about the armor of God. We we always think of it as a metaphor, and it is. But in a sense, there are things that cover us today. We have an anointing that covers us. And but I remember one time, Brother Jimmy Tony preached at Woodlawn mm-hmm. at a conference that we have in Mississippi. Uh, it was it was at Woodlawn in Columbia, Mississippi, and one of his uh, sermons was about a tree and when you peel off the bark one by one eventually it kills that tree and so likewise if we take off certain pieces of the armor of God saying we may not need that it's too heavy then eventually we're setting ourselves up for for death so we have to stay covered at all points in our life well I think also too you know Jesus said in Luke you know he said if um if anyone come after me, let him, uh, let him deny himself and take up his cross mm-hmm. and follow me. Well, I think too, you know, we we look at Paul and Paul said, "I die daily." Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, if you're dying to your flesh, you have to have something to cover that. Yeah, you can't just go into a world. You know, we one thing, another thing, we're going to try to hit on later in the year is talking about how, you know, we live in a very postmodernistic world it's all me 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 individualism you can't walk into a world like that without a covering mm-hmm. you can't walk into into a battle like that without a covering because if you go into that place without a covering you've already died to a lot of your flesh but things can begin to arise that begin to bring and in, input death into our spirits that are that's never been meant to be there Hey, Blake, why don't you... There were some points that I'd like you to hit on from a message we just listened to called Cut It Out by Cody Marks. Yeah. Um, I think what's, what's interesting you know, about that message is David was at a pivotal point in his life where he had to draw the sword 
let some things die, kill some things. Only a few things could live. And um, basically, Brother Cody Marks would go on to say, you know, living this life for God, walking humbly, walking in the manner of being like Jesus, our Savior, uh, you're going to have to do more killing than you are letting things live uh, I mean I also think about just going on a side note here I, I think about when Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane how he humbled himself tried to get his flesh under submission to go to the cross and uh, I, don't, I don't know if anybody listening would, would know this but Gethsemane means oil press uh, Jesus would would begin this crushing process by 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 praying so aggressively, praying so hard that he would begin to sweat his own blood. And I think one thing that's interesting uh, throughout all of that, you see Jesus talking to Peter nonstop. But why is that so significant? We take a detour here. In the book of Joshua, Joshua 3, Joshua instructs the men of the camp to grab the stones out of the river that God has just split open for them to walk through on dry ground. And they place these stones upon their shoulders and they bring them back to their lodging place and they were supposed to set them there. And the whole idea was, is whenever the children were to come to their parents, whenever they were to say, what do these stones mean? The men of the camp were simply supposed to say, you know, this was the day that the Lord split the Jordan for us to walk through on dry ground. So they're, you think about it, they're, they're bringing their purpose back with them to their lodging place. Um, Deuteronomy 27, Moses also gave further instruction on what to do with those stones. Um, he, he instructed them to take those stones out of the Jordan and build an altar and build a tower and plaster the law upon the, the tower. They were not to use iron tools. They were not to use anything like that because it, at any point, they were not to think they got to where they were on their own accord. They were supposed to constantly remember Jesus brought us through this. The Lord had brought us here. And so if you think about it, those stones represented foundation and doctrine. So when they had placed those upon their shoulder and brought it home, they were bringing their purpose home. Isaiah 9, 6 talks about how he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and the government would rest upon his shoulders. The government, that was his purpose. So getting back to the oil press, getting back to Gethsemane, when Jesus went to Gethsemane, you know who he's talking to the most? It was Peter. Yeah. Why is that so significant? Mark 16, Jesus gives Peter the keys to the kingdom and says, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Wow. Peter was given his purpose. 
God but in the in, yeah in in Gethsemane instead of being this firm foundation instead of operating in the purpose that the Lord Jesus Christ had given him Peter became a firm weight yeah that began this crushing. Well, why did he become a firm weight? Well, Jesus now feels I'm doing this all by myself. You know, they're sleeping. Non-stop, Jesus saying, Peter, my spirit is willing, but my flesh is weak. Stay awake, watch with me. Pray lest you enter to temptation. My spirit is willing, but my, my flesh, flesh is weak. weak. Peter, if the master saying his flesh is weak, how could you possibly think yours well, is any well, any better? Yeah. And 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 think about this oil press. What they would do is they would they would they would place these baskets of olives, and they would place a stone upon the olives, Whew. and then they would bring a wooden beam over the stone. Well, Jesus would be crucified upon a wooden cross, and then what they would do is they would take three big stone weights and place it on the end of this wooden beam that would continue to pull down on the olives I think that's symbolic to Jesus taking the weight of the world his purpose upon his shoulders and as he did that oil would run out of those olives Mm. well think about it out came water and blood is what John 19 says Mm -hmm. proving and now one thing and I'm not trying to get too deep here the one thing about that was the Greeks during that time believed that their gods possessed this clear liquid called Mifor. And the thing about Mifor, it looks like water. Yeah. Bible says out came water and blood. And blood yeah. Proved his deity and his humanity right. all in one moment. Because right. what, what happened was, and going back to Peter, and that, that's one thing that came to mind while you were talking. What happened was, was God defined him in a moment. Yeah. Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God defined him in a moment, but if you lose your passion in a singular moment, you can't step into the definition that God's placed upon you. And you know, thinking thinking about all of this, uh, when the Lord began to give me that thought I just shared with you, clear as day, I just felt him impress in my spirit that the amount of anointing you obtain directly correlates to how much of the crushing you're willing to endure. Yeah. Yeah. How much are you willing to to go through. Well, think um, about it. It goes all yeah. the way. It goes all the way back to Genesis. I was reading in Genesis 17 this morning. God is speaking to Abram before he before he changes his name to Abraham. He goes. This is 17 verse 8. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your surgeonings. There has to be a wondering. There has to be a, 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 a wilderness you have to endure before yeah. the anointing can come, before the blessing can come, before you can truly step into the definition that God's given you. There has to be a wondering. What happened to Peter? Denies Christ three times and he steps away out of the scene. What happens next? The difference between Peter and Judas was Peter came back after his failure. And after he came back from his failure, what happened? He stepped into the definition. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
every one of you shall be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sins, and you shall yeah. receive the gift yeah. of the Holy Spirit. He literally stepped into it. Step into the definition. Go ahead, Tyler. Well, I, and I don't want to <clears throat> change topic, but we're kind of just flowing tonight. So, but going back to this, the external covering and the internal covering, Woo! I think that's a very important topic. Um, it, however long I'm on this show, you'll hear a lot that hear a lot me talking. I'll talk a lot about. Paul and his writings just because that's what I study the most and 1 Corinthians was written uh, kind of earlier in Paul's lifetime when it regards to writing and he talks about the body of Christ talks about the different things that the body can do not everybody can be a hand but not everybody can be a foot not everybody can be uh, a leg different things like that so everybody mm -hmm. has their role and their place mm -hmm. but then later in Ephesians later in Paul's life he writes about the 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 armor of God mm -hmm. right and so right. if before he talked about the covering he talks about each individual's uh, place purpose purpose place purpose definition I know that's the word that we've been talking about so everybody has a place but then at the end of it what he writes is now everybody has a covering now <laughs> we all have different definitions mm -hmm. but 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 Paul never says you know the helmet of salvation is more important than this part Wow. He said you got to put it all on. So if we have to cover all of the body, that means all of the body right. is important. Mm -hmm. So if you're if you're called to preach, you're important. But if you're called to be a faithful saint and help the church financially and be a witness, you're just as important. And right. so, and also it says here at the end of Ephesians six verse eighteen, it says, "How you gain the body are the armor of God." It says, "Praying always with prayer and supplication." So how how do, how do you get how do you get the, the the armor? It's on your knees praying. Yeah. Some say some say that Goliath, when he was him and him and David had the fight, that that if Goliath got on his knees, he would be the same height as David. Some say that. Now I don't know if that's true, but what that tells me is that the way we stand, we may be shorter than that mountain in front of us, but we look a whole lot bigger, even when we're on our knees because we can stand tall. We have the armor of God covering us. Right. Different things so like that. Good. Hmm. Go ahead, Blake. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. Staying on your face before God, preparing yourself, preparing your heart. That you you constantly getting real with God, constantly getting to your prayer closet, constantly getting back to Gethsemane, allowing God to work through you, allowing God to to break you and, and, and to mold you is 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 powerful. That that's how you get that covering. Right. Right. Um I think going back to what I originally stated earlier in um uh, in this episode talking about managing your time. I heard Pastor Philip Harrelson say this on another podcast. He he began to talk about how Nick Saban Head coach at Alabama. He's playing the championship right now. <laughs> and it, you've heard some some cheering going on in the background. We're at Urshan College and some guys watching the game. But uh, he began to talk about Nick Saban and how Nick Saban would spend hours upon hours in the film room before he ever went into the team meetings and, and split up, you know, what – what each 
each team uh, position would would study and and what they would go over and mistakes they would correct. And he just simply made this statement: Am I going to let a football coach outstudy and out prepare me in one week than I will to preach a message? Well, or or to teach a Bible study, or to open myself up to the Spirit of God so God can fill me with knowledge to minister to somebody that I may come in contact with throughout the day. My pastor always taught me, he said, he said, Tyler, I can, I can tell, I can tell you what your priorities are that if you just show me two things. He said, one, your checkbook, and two, your time slot, how you use your time. And how we prioritize time is very crucial when it comes to our walk with God. Right. I think that's why it's important that we get up early in the morning and pray or stay up late and pray. I think those are the two most important times of our day because if we wake up and our first thing is studying the Word of God, our day's always going to be better. Right. Or if it's going to bed on the Word of God, our rest will always be better. And how, like he said, how can we let things of, of the world that may not be necessarily wrong, but how can we let those things right. outdo us right. in any aspect of life? Whether it's if it's sermon prep or if it's just as simple as prayer, fasting, and reading our Bible, no one should outwork the church. No right. one. I love how, and you, I know me and you, and probably all three of us have heard this. One thing that Brother Jones is, Brother Jerry Jones has talked about is, you know, a Catholic priest studies one hour every minute that he speaks. There goes the cheering. Alabama must have scored. Man, man, the characteristics of a diehard fan. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, but seriously, on the serious note is that, you know, we've talked about, you know, you know, Catholic priests study one hour for every minute they're going to speak. So it, it takes us, if they're having, like Tyler just said, if they're having that much commitment, how much more important is it for us to have that commitment too? Bless you. Thank you, Blake. <laughs> Thank you, Bishop. Mm-hmm. Blake, you got anything else? Yeah, I, I just, as these guys were talking, I was reminded of uh, this passage of Scripture found in Psalm 132. David simply writes, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes nor slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Wow. A man after God's own heart simply just saying, I'm not going to allow myself to rest until I've made room for him. That's right. And I think if we're going to do anything in ministry, it'd be anything great uh, in this end time, we've got to make room for God. Well, we've got to take time to get in that prayer closet and take time to fast. And like Tyler said, put on that covering, put on that armor of God. And I think ultimately, God, and I think this is where we're going to close right here, is if if we are going at all, and not even just put push ministry to the side. Like I, I've, I've, I've told Blake multiple times, I've said, dude, if Pastor called me to come, be a janitor and clean toilets and teach Bible studies, 
and I never preached behind the pulpit or anything like that ever again, I'd be okay. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, yeah, ministry is more than just what, what we see and all that. At the end of the day, if we're going to be apostolic, if we're going to be like the book of Acts, it's going to come down to us, like Blake just said, making room for the king. Right. Making room for the master. Making room for him to do what he needs to do in our day, in our time, right. in our hour. So I feel, man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now, my Lord. Go ahead. So I know we're about to wrap up here, but last, last thing is I want to say um, what an honor it is to be on here and to mm-hmm. be able to do this with my two friends and and, and I'm excited uh, to join this journey. Last thing, as, as we close, I want to challenge you to join, a, to join a challenge with me and read 12 books this year. Um, mix in some theological books, some Christian books, with also some different church history books. I know Pentecostal Publishing House has multiple church history books. But I challenge you to, to read your Bible more this year, pray more this year, but also read 12 books with me this year. And I'd love to eventually maybe hear feedback on that with y'all so as we close uh, this segment and my first segment on this show we're going to end with prayer and we'll, we'll we'll close it out with prayer lord we thank you for your blessings god we thank you for the, your glory that you shine upon us god we thank you for everything that you've done for us and we know that you will be in our midst during these sessions or you we know that you'll be in our midst during our daily lives and we're super excited about what you're going to do this year we ask that you would bless each and every one of us it's in jesus name we pray